TheWellnessCouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. Welcome to a place of wellness and healing for both your body and mind. Get ready to live a happy, healthy, whole food life that totally rocks. You're listening to Shiny Healthy You, the straight-talking natural health show for busy women, with your host and naturopath, Jules Galloway. Hello and welcome. This week's episode is a big one because it's actually my 50th episode of Shiny Healthy You. It's also a big episode in a different way because it's quite a personal one. The topic of today's podcast has taken me a while to get my head around. You see, at first I was kind of just hoping it would go away, but then as I started to piece the bits together, I realized I had a bit of a challenge on my hands. You see, it started out as a sore finger joint in November. I'd been surfing the day before, so I just really thought nothing of it at the time. I figured that in my excitement of catching a few waves, I must have hit my knuckle on the surfboard and just not remembered it. So I wrote it off as a minor bump. November passed. It was still sore. I started to wonder whether I'd bruised the joint more seriously. I made a mental note that if it still hurt in a few weeks' time, I'd go and get it checked out but you know, it still didn't really bother me. December passed in a flurry of work, Christmas, summer activities, you know what December's like. In January, my finger was still hurting. I noticed that I couldn't wear my favorite ring on that finger anymore, which made me think what's going on here. So I bit the bullet and I went for an x-ray and an ultrasound. Results showed nothing. However, uh, they also did a blood test and there were a few raised autoimmune markers in my blood work and that landed me a referral to a rheumatologist. They're the people who go and check you out for autoimmune conditions that affect the joints. So anyway, I couldn't get in to see this bloke until March, which was after my trip to Greece. By this stage, my finger was hurting enough that even housework was becoming painful. Well, that's my excuse anyway. That's what we're going to tell my husband, right? But seriously, like a little bit too much pressure in the wrong direction on that finger and it felt like someone was sticking like a hot kneading needle through the joint, like it was really fierce. But what happened next was a little bit unexpected. So I went to see the rheumatologist and he was very thorough. I mean, very thorough. I think I was in there for like over an hour answering a truckload of questions. He took me through questions about topics like my energy levels, exercise tolerance, post-exercise recovery time, uh, muscle pain, joint pain. My knees, my shoulders, my hips also have a history. I won't bore you with that except to say that I feel like an old person sometimes. (laughs) Then he said the words, you have chronic fatigue. He also said I was ticking some of the boxes for fibromyalgia, but that I didn't have it yet. Now, although in the back of my mind, this diagnosis is something I've known for a long time, no one's ever put the label on me. And because I manage my symptoms with diet and lifestyle, I've never felt the need to go and get a formal diagnosis. But when someone says the actual words, you have chronic fatigue, it was, it was actually for me, it was like my whole world came grinding to a halt. I had a label and it was one that was difficult to shrug off. As a naturopath, I also know that chronic fatigue can be one of the trickier conditions to deal with as there's no one solution that fixes everyone. 
as I headed home, my head was reeling. Like for me, it was this really weird label to be given. I mean, I can't, I can get out of bed in the morning. That's the thing. I can go to work. I exercise a few times a week. I look like I'm living a pretty normal life. If I put myself in the same basket as others who have this illness, isn't that kind of fraudulent or even disrespectful to them? I mean, I see a lot of clients with chronic fatigue who can't even get out of bed some days, so I didn't feel like I was worthy of that label. So I went home and I did what anyone in that situation would probably do. I cried my eyes out to my husband and then I drank a fair bit of wine. All right, it was only three glasses and then there was a Netflix marathon on the couch and then there was chocolate involved. (laughs) It's funny how a diagnosis like that can change your mindset. It wasn't like I'd found out You know, when I found out I had pyrrole disorder, when I found out I had MTHFR, they were empowering moments. I knew exactly what I had to do to get better. I had an action plan ready to go. There were like these exact steps that I knew I needed to take. But this time, for some odd reason, I was launched into a whole world of feeling sorry for myself, which made me feel really tired. So by being told I had chronic fatigue, it's like I suddenly manifested a little bout of chronic fatigue. (laughs) That's when I decided to change the way I looked at all of this. First of all, I resolved never to call it my chronic fatigue. No matter how bad things got, I was never, ever going to put the label my on it. Why not? Because I felt that then it would glue this condition to me energetically. By naming a condition as mine, it's like then you're married to it. Then how are you meant to get rid of it if you're stuck to it? Side note... I see this in my clinic a lot and people don't just do it with medical conditions like calling it my arthritis or my endometriosis or whatever. They also do it with food. Like they'll say, I could never give up my pasta or I could never stop eating my bread. I love my bread. Well, no, it's going to be extra hard for you to stop eating it if you just named it as yours. So that word my is a very powerful thing in naturopathy. Anyway, I digress. I digress. So I had decided not to call it my chronic fatigue. I'd also made a conscious decision to leave no stone unturned in my quest to fix this. So that's when the Googling started. (laughs) Yeah, even naturopaths do it too. I looked at autoimmune paleo protocols, vegan detox diets, gut healing, low histamine, alkaline diets, you name it. Then I remembered something. (laughs) I'm an effing naturopath. I see this stuff day in, day out. If someone was sitting in front of me with the same issue, where would I start? I would start with the liver and the gut and work my way up from there. And I would ask my client a question. When's the last time you felt really well? Is there a time you can think back to when you felt you were on top of your health? That time for me was in 2005 when I embarked on an eight-week anti-candida diet. The actual diet was like total hell. I absolutely love food and I was forced to eat the most bland, average meals for two months. No sugar, no natural sugar, no fruit, no tomatoes. Nope, not even avocados. I was super strict. Definitely no bananas, so bye-bye morning smoothies. No sweet veggies with seeds on the inside like pumpkin or capsicum. No gluten, no dairy, no alcohol. No fun. 
I remember I felt like a bit of a social reject for eight weeks because at that time I was living in Melbourne and I was part of that culture where everyone's always going out for dinner and I just kind of locked myself away and ate my anti-candida food. (laughs) At that time I basically just lived on, you know, pretty healthy stuff like meat, fish, chicken, eggs, veggies, a bit of brown rice. This was over 10 years ago, so we didn't even have quinoa back then. This is like the olden days of naturopathy. I just ate really basic food. I also took a bunch of herbal medicines and supplements to kill the candida, to boost my immune system, and to heal my gut. And you know what? It was, hands down, the best thing I ever did. It was one of the hardest things I've ever done, but the results were off the chart good. Candida, gone. Joint pain, gone. Skin, clear. Head, unfoggy. Period pain, gone. Cellulite, gone. Like, honestly, gone. Tummy, flat. Nose stopped running, even on cold winter days. And my bowels, well, they were as happy as can be. It's funny how we can talk ourselves into thinking that we don't need something, though. And I've been putting off doing another round of this diet for a very long time because it is so bloody hard. But the time has come to bite the bullet because, you know, my finger was telling me. So I started. And you know when I started? (laughs) The week before Easter. (laughs) Yeah, I know. Pretty dumb timing, right? (laughs) No wine, no chocolate eggs, no hot cross buns. (laughs) Yep, sucker for punishment. But seriously, it was freaking bliss. Like it was actually easier than I thought it would be. I know you might think I'm weird, but I actually felt so good about this proactive choice I'd made for my health that there was very little room in my mind for actually feeling deprived, even, you know, in the whole Easter hot cross bun mode. And guess what? My body started to bounce back, like fast. The arthritic swelling in my knuckle that's been there since November has started to go down. It still has good days and bad days, but it started. My tummy's gone flatter. My head's less foggy. My mood is calmer. I've been able to concentrate better. So I'm pretty happy with that. (laughs) It's like, hello, sweet clarity. But why start over Easter? I'm sure you're wanting to know. Well, just so you know, it's actually because It's not that I really wanted to start before Easter, but it's because my birthday is in the first week of June and I wanted to give the diet at least six weeks to work. And if I didn't start it then, then it would run into my birthday and then no birthday treats for me. So it's all about priorities, people. And I prioritize birthday celebration over Easter eggs and hot cross buns. By the way, I'll just go full disclosure here. I actually caved on Easter Sunday and had one plain croissant and I'd been eating uh, anti-candida for about a week at that point because I was out and about. I hadn't planned ahead because, you know, planning is everything. And I always tell my clients planning is everything. And then I got caught out and I was at this epic bakery and you know what? The plain croissant was better than eating the other choices on hand, which included chocolate croissants, cake, and pretty much anything else had sugar in it as well. And you know what? My finger actually flared up the next day. Don't know if it's coincidence or not, but I did note it down. So that's the last croissant I'll be eating in a little while. Not forever, just a little while. So 
I guess the moral of the story here is that sometimes even naturopaths need to pull their finger out and do a bit of a detox. And there's never going to be the perfect window of opportunity for these kinds of things. There's always something in the way, a birthday, Christmas, a wedding, whatever. There will always be a reason to put it off. But I decided to look at it a different way. I decided to put my health first, Easter chocolate second, on the scale of what is important to Jules. So tell me, are you putting yourself first right now? What are you putting off? What are you actually putting off doing that deep down you know you have to start? Maybe it's as simple as just going gluten-free. Maybe it's giving up sugar. Or maybe it's the whole gut healing, nuke the candida, you know, thing that I'm doing. You never know. But really, how long are you going to put off your wellness for? Because in the end, that's actually what you're doing. You're putting off feeling better. My advice, look past the short-term inconvenience or pain and look forward to a place where you know you'll be glad you did this. Because two and a half weeks in now, I'm already in that happy place. I'll tell you right now. So that just, you know, nothing's perfect. That doesn't mean I wasn't craving wine last night or chocolate on the weekend. And you know what, though? I popped my favorite ring back onto now my not-so-gammy finger, and it fit. It went on really easily. So now I wear it there as a reminder of why I'm doing this, why I'm doing this anti-candida diet, why I'm eating the way that I eat. And it's also a gentle reminder of what's at stake if I don't look after myself. That ring is an excellent reminder. Because for me, it's not just about the pain in that knuckle. That pain was and is a warning sign to let me know what's going to happen if I don't change things. I don't want to wait until another another knuckle joins that pain party or a knee or my shoulder again or any other part of my body. Oh, and in case you're wondering, yes, I do think that this could be related to pyrrole disorder. You see, when the pyrroles are elevated, then your zinc levels drop. When the zinc becomes deficient, your copper levels can go up. Zinc and copper, they sit on a bit of a seesaw. And guess what? Copper loves candida. Yay. (laughs) Yep. Everything's connected. That's why I'm going back to basics. And I believe that everything begins in the gut. So that's where I'm starting. By the way, if you haven't seen my blog posts on pyrrole disorder, I'll pop some links in the show notes for you because they're also well worth a read. Okay. Well, this chronic fatigue diagnosis has also changed the way I look at my lifestyle. For years, I've been the kind of person to just push through, like, you know, head down, bum up, go. I would be really hard on myself for not bouncing back after things, whether it was a live speaking gig, an overseas trip, a sporting event like a volleyball tournament, or just a busy week launching an online program. I used to tell myself that it was just mind over matter, that I was a bit weak and that I needed to to just take my supplements and maybe even like a teaspoon of cement and just harden up. You know the weird thing? I would never, ever treat my patients in that way. Like the way that I spoke to myself, I would never say that to a patient. I would tell them to stop. I would tell them to rest and I would tell them to give themselves time to heal. But it's funny because I was treating myself quite different to that, wasn't I? (laughs) So the good thing about a formal diagnosis of chronic fatigue, if you want to see the bright side, is that I can't actually ignore it and push it to one side anymore. 
and I can't, I really can't get frustrated with myself for not being able to push through the busy times. I actually love what Penny Murden said in last week's episode. If you didn't listen to it, make sure you catch it because it really was amazing. She talks about how she still does all the things like mountain biking events and all kinds of stuff, but she actually schedules in a day or two of downtime afterwards. Get this? scheduled rest, (laughs) proper days off. I know. Now there's a new concept for type A personalities out there. Now, sometimes my clients are my greatest teachers and Penny has been no exception. I believe like as Michael Franti says, when the hard times come, the teacher's in the room and I'm learning so much from a fair few of my clients right now. And you know what? I have clients who are recovering from chronic fatigue and fibromyalgia. They are improving. But you know what? They're the ones who are taking the stuff off their plates. They're the ones who are committed to doing less. And they're the ones who are being the kindest to themselves. They're recovering faster than the others. You know what? Because that whole concept of me time is bullshit if you flog yourself the rest of the time. It's not about balancing out the busy with like a little token bit of relaxation over there. No, no. It's about looking at the whole picture. So I've already started saying no to things that I don't really have time to do. I've been saying no to things that don't serve me or to things that I just really don't want to do. And it feels weird and it feels selfish at first. It kind of like makes me feel like I'm letting people down to say no, but I think it's a muscle. I think it's a no muscle. And the more I use it, the easier it will become. And it's already leaving me with more space to focus on what's important to me right now. And that is my health, my work, my clients, and putting more time into education and research. So I'll keep you posted on my progress. This will be just another chapter which makes me feel stronger. I know that coming out the other end of this will help me to have a greater understanding when other people come my way with the same issues. I actually hope it will make me a better and more empathetic practitioner in the long run. If this episode resonated with you and you'd like to work with me, I'd love to work with you too. There are three awesome options to choose from. So also stay tuned till the very end of this podcast because I have a really kick-ass offer to share with you as well. So here are the ways that you can work with me. Number one, you can start with my simple kickstart program called Seven Days to Gluten-Free. It's full of yummy meals, a shopping list, meal plan, and heaps of tips and tricks for living a healthy gluten-free life. Number two, then there's my signature program. It's called Shiny Healthy You, Fatigue to Fabulous in 12 Weeks. It picks up where seven days to gluten-free leaves off and we continue with amazing food, which is all gluten, dairy and cane sugar-free, but we take you to the next level with meal planning, stress relief, mindfulness, a little bit of gentle exercise and loads of information and education to empower you. This is the program for you if you need to get back on track to find your old energetic self again. I know she's still in there. It's also perfect if you're suffering from adrenal fatigue. Number three, if you've got any underlying issues which you think are affecting your health, if eating clean is just not making enough difference in your life and you need to figure out what's really going on, I'm also available for one-on-one consultations. You can either do it in person in Bangalore, New South Wales, which is near Byron Bay, or we can meet up via Skype or phone. 
I have a special interest in, guess what, adrenal fatigue, (laughs) pyrrole disorder, MTHFR, candida and gut health. I also offer a range of pathology testing to get to the root cause of your problems so we can come up then with a personalized game plan to help get you back on track. If you want to find out more about any of these options, everything you need to know is over at julesgalloway.com. Find the top menu, select either programs or book an appointment and all the information's there. Oh, and that special offer? Well, because it's my 50th episode, (laughs) which is awesome, and because I love you, I have an awesome deal on just for one week. Purchase anything from my website before midnight on Wednesday, the 3rd of May, and you'll get 30% off. That's 30% off both programs and any consultations that you book, but only until the 3rd of May, 2017. So if you were thinking of working with me, now's the time. Head to julesgalloway.com now, choose the product you wish to purchase, and when prompted, enter the code podcast. That's all you need to do. Enter the code podcast, and that will give you the special price. Okay, what a massive episode. Wow, I feel like I've kind of bared my soul to you guys, so please be kind. (laughs) I hope you enjoyed the insights. And if you've got something to share in return, don't be a stranger. Hit me up on my Facebook page at Jules Galloway Health or shoot me an email to hello at julesgalloway.com and let's continue the conversation. I look forward to hearing from you. See you again soon. In the meantime, please look after yourself. I know I will be doing the same. Stay shiny and bye for now. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.